Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how do you rise up to your full potential? Well, I think, first of all, you have to rise and get up out of bed. (laughs) Okay. That's a good start. You're you're definitely an overachiever. I know that about you. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Well, and where we rally you to do resources and through, you know what, let me just start that one all over again, okay? It's one of those days. How do we rally you? Well, let me tell you. We rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, our first guest today is a man that it's, he's a friend and he also is an incredible connector of people. Jim Tomberlin, he strategically assists churches in multiplying their impact and helping them rise to their full potential. Jim Tomberlin is founder and senior strategist of Multi-Site Solutions, which is a company dedicated to assisting churches and multiplying their impact. Over three decades of diverse ministry, Jim has pastored a church in Germany, which that's a place I really want to go, by the way. I, so I know. What, actually, I have been to Germany, and it is, it is just stunning. And you know what's funny is that I remember eating French fries dipped in mayonnaise. Like That was the first time, and that was like a big hit over there to have French fries and mayonnaise. And I think that's really significant for you to know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm glad you interrupted my intro to, to tell me that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you again because... The one thing um, about Jim, because we can say all of this incredible things that he's doing um, on the multi-site, uh, just because he's phenomenal on, on just allowing churches and educating churches to, to go this route. But when you said he's a good connector, he is definitely a girlfriend connector. He has connected us with so many um, Holly Wagner with God Chicks. He's connected us um, over at Willow Creek with women that are in leadership there. And I love that when people use their influence to um, just connect others because together. And that is one way we rise up is by connecting with each other, coming alongside of each other because we really are better together. And in fact, Jim has written a book called Better Together that we're going to talk about a little later. Well, he does that well. He's not just writing about it. He's actually making it happen. Yes, he is. And, you know, so many churches these days are going toward that multi-site model, which is, you know, you basically have a have a campus and then you extend the campus in different locations. So you're several different campuses, but one church mm-hmm. and under one leadership. And that is such a difficult transition and I know our church at Central Christian AZ, we have gone through the multi-site expansion, and it is a hard transition because it goes back to change. Whenever you change anything, it's not necessarily the change that's hard, it's that transition of change. Yes. And a lot of times when you go to that multi-site model, 
it requires a video venue. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to, you've got to train people, get them to use the, the video venue. And that is, that is hard because people go, I don't want to watch the, on video because you generally will have the, the pastor at one campus and then they, it, then that message goes out to the, on video to the other campuses. And I know that even when we did that transition with our church um, five or six years ago, we lost a lot of people um, because they did not want to, um, to see it on video. They wanted the, the message in, in live or mm -hmm. in person, as we say. My husband says, don't say live because it means the opposite is dead. So, <laughs> But <laughs> you know what's interesting? Point. I don't know about you, but when you're sitting in a service, you... I find myself looking at the big screen anyway. Yes, you do. And and I don't I'm not even watching on stage because it's, it's so much closer when it's in person. So it, it really is interesting. It it goes back to just getting used to a different model, but they say that uh, the majority of the messages as as time is going on, people will be watching more messages via video than in person. And that is a model that we need to start really um, grasping and going, okay, this, it, it's a change in our culture. Yes. And, and, you know, we look at our kids and we look at different things. So much of what we do is on a screen. Yes. You know, we're, with well, YouTube. And, I, and, and, but yet you have a certain generation that they're so used to the culture of, um, of, of wanting, I want a small church. I want, I want to know I can go up to the pastor and it's like, okay, but if we're really for the bottom line and that is sharing the gospel, then you almost have to have a little bit more of an open mind to go, but we are packing it in. I mean, I just, I'm just saying for even our church over, you know, a thousand baptisms in the year, you go, okay, but this is working. Mm -hmm. And you look at some of the churches that, and I'm not, I'm not knocking the other churches, but you go, if, if you really are alive, then you have to be obedient to what God's calling you to do. And you have to expand for that particular church. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to being relevant with the culture. And this is the way that we're reaching people and just adapting to change, which is hard for any of us. We don't, we don't like change. We don't like going through that. And that's one reason why, why Jim is, it's, it's so significant what he's doing, how helping churches navigate through change and to embrace a new model, a kind mm -hmm. of a, it's a paradigm shift mm -hmm. on how to do churches. And so we, we want to, that's what the significant part is. Well, through his company, Multi-Site Solutions, Jim and his team of specialists assist local churches in maximizing their redemptive potential through intensive and insightful multi-site consultation. As a multi-site guy, that's what he called the multi-site guy, he continues to track multi-site developments and has become the nationally recognized expert on multi-site church. In addition, he has become the merger guru on church mergers with nearly a third of his consulting currently involved merger issues. So, Jim, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend It. It's great to be on the show with you today, Lisa and Patty. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we appreciate you dropping in. And, you know, we, we've been giving you a long introduction, so you're, gonna ha you're just going to have to – we really – kind of went overachiever and rising up and we <laughs> and we talked about you just being you know such a great connector so you you're kind of like a girlfriend guru as well as the merger guru so we gave you another title today <laughs> well hey we I, I feel like I'm on the I'm, I'm on the view with all of the uh the whole nation right now with you too so that's great and, yes, uh, yeah, you've given me uh, uh, high expectations. I hope I can deliver. <laughs> well, our next question was, what coffee are you drinking right now? But with <laughs> after your introduction, it sounds like you've been up since three, so this is probably your lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, no, I'm enjoying a nice uh, good cup of coffee. 
<laughs> well, okay, let's jump right in here because some people might be listening going, I don't really know what a multi-site is. Can you just kind of explain what a multi-site church is and how you became the multi-site guy? Well, um, yeah, the uh, uh, a multi-site church is essentially one church that meets in many locations. And that's often a, a tagline in so many of the churches that are. There's over 5,000 multi-site churches across the nation now. But my journey with uh, multi-site church began when I was a senior pastor in of Woodman Valley Chapel in Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, back in the 90s, mid-90s. And, um, and when I came to my church uh, in the early 90s, I went through all the challenges and joys of, of leading a growing church. Uh, it came up from a few hundred to several thousand, and uh, multiple services, multiple days of service, Saturday and Sunday. And after all that multitasking, uh, we found ourselves in the same place where we began a few years earlier, out of, out of space. But now there's no more room to expand on our 20 acres of land, and, um, and we're turning people away. And so uh, in the mid-'90s, I began to think about alternative ways to solve our space problem. We didn't want to relocate. We had a great location. We invested a lot there. And um, uh, I began to think about maybe we could be one church in two locations using the latest technology of the day and the new video concept, and um, that's where my journey began, and that eventually got me invited to uh, leave uh, Kicking and Screaming Colorado and go to Chicago to pioneer this model in the year 2000 with uh, Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. And for the next five years, I was there and leading and overseeing the efforts of uh, launching multiple campuses around the Chicagoland area. And today, there's nearly 30,000 people attending Willow Creek uh, at seven uh, locations, and uh, nearly a third of all those people attend a, uh, one of the other locations that have never been to the original campus. But um, while that was happening with me in uh, Chicago and at Willow Creek, uh, other churches were stumbling onto the idea as well, and I was increasingly beginning, getting more calls from churches around the country while I was on the staff at Willow Creek on how do, how do you do this, this multi-site thing. And that uh, eventually led me to... Um, uh, leave Willow Creek, having accomplished what we were brought there to do and to uh, serve the church at large and helping churches understand this model and discern if it's right for them and then help them to do that at the privilege of helping your church, Lisa, a few years back. And now it's just thrilling to see how you've taken uh, that first uh, multi-site campus and now you're, in, I think it's in four locations now, isn't it? We're we're at five, but um, five you, locations. You, yeah, you were you were really you were instrumental, and it is it's so good to have somebody that understands it to kind of guide you and coach you through. Um, we talked about how it, it's a change, it's a paradigm shift, and and that's always difficult to get people on board and and to navigate that transition. And we have less than two minutes, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we can talk more about it, but. Talk just briefly in, in the next minute that we have about just that navigating of change, because that really is implementing change and having those conversations with, with churches and people in the church. Well, absolutely. We, I like to tell churches that multi-site changes everything. It changes how you think and how you do church. It's not just adding another ministry or program to your already existing church. It really is fundamentally changing your church. It's basically, I like to, the analogy of saying, uh, it's like rebuilding an airplane while you're flying it, and so um, that's it's a, it takes a, it's a big paradigm shift. It's a mind shift. It takes some time, 
for church leaders to really wrap their minds around that. And usually it takes two, three campuses before they finally get that paradigm shift uh, completed. Mm-hmm. That, that is really true. I know that it's been true for our, our own experience. And every one is a little different because every location that you put a church, that there's a different DNA with the community and with, with the leaders that go there. And it really is learning how to navigate through, through change and getting people on board and, and, and communicating the vision and getting people to, um, to embrace the video venue, which is a huge paradigm shift. And so we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. Well, multi-siting is for healthy churches and is a proven cost-effective expansion strategy for reaching and serving more people. We're talking with Jim Chamberlain, who is the multi-site guy. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jim, navigating change and what leadership looks like. We will be right back. Don't go too far and grab that cup of coffee. I know I'm going to get a refill on mine. We'll, we'll, we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show. We are continuing our conversation with the multi-site guy, and we are calling him now the Girlfriend Guru because he has been such a fabulous connector in our life. We're talking with Jim Tumberland today, and you can find out more about him by going to his organization at jim at multisitesolutions.com. You can also email him or contact him on that. You can su- subscribe to his multi-siting blog 
or you can follow him on twi Twitter or multi-site guy or merger guru. And I just have to say, those are a lot of consonants <laughs> to say <laughs> when you're introducing. But Jim is the author of 125 Tips for Multi-Site Churches and co-author of Better Together, Making Church Mergers Work. And he is also um, from Arizona like we are. So he's, he enjoys the 115 degree weather um, and is out there sweating as he's merging churches together. <laughs> so Jim, we just want to talk a little bit more about your Better Together book because that, that is what we love to do. We love to rally others to do the remarkable. And when you're together, all things seem to be better. So with that said, are leaders born or are leaders made? Well, we know that you have been asked this question before. So let's go into just kind of that too. First of all, that's what we like to ask people. So do you believe that leaders are born or made? And then um, let's continue that. Tell us about your book, Better Together. So you have two questions right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that's a great question about the leaders made or born. I would say the answer to that is yes, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think some people come with a uh, born with some proclivity towards leadership, but they even when that happens, they still uh, that leadership has to be developed, and um, and whether a person steps up to the opportunity that presents itself. But uh, there is a leadership development process. But I do think some there are there is a spiritual gift of leadership that when you um, that many uh, receive when they become a follower of Jesus and have the spiritual gifts. So, Leadership. So, yeah, I think there are, it's, a, it's kind of a both and uh, answer to that. But um, the question, the other one about this, uh, tell me what was the second question on the book? About being better together. Tell us about that book because that's a great concept, better together. And instead of trying to do by yourself, I know it, it, it kind of goes along with the multi site and all that. So, explain your, your new book to us. Yeah. Um, well, really, that book came out of, out of just the Experience that I was having across the country with um, in, in my multi-site consulting, that uh, I was seeing a lot of mergers happen as a result of the multi-site model. As a matter of fact, one of, when I was leading the multi-site effort at Willow Creek, one of the third campus that we launched uh, came to us as a, as a, through a merger uh, by a congregation without a pastor that contacted us and said, could we join with you? They were actually meeting in a school where we were looking, knocking on the door to see if it was available, then discovered there was a church there, and left my car to uh, say if anything changes uh, with the school, uh, with the church and the school, let us know. And that church called us and said, hey, could we sit down and talk about possibly joining with you? And uh, that turned out to be such a great ex experience. Um, uh, and I, that was back in, the, you know, 12 years ago. But um, as I began consulting churches across the country, we discovered I was seeing a lot of churches uh, growing, multi-siting through church mergers. Uh, my colleagues over Leadership Network, Warren Bird, who's my co-author on the book, Better Together, the Leadership Network was also seeing a new kind of merger happening across the country. And they called me and said, Jim, are you seeing an increase in mergers across the nation? I said, yeah, I am. I said, so are we. We ought to write a book about it. So... About uh, three years ago, we sat down and put this book together in terms of uh, what, what we need to do and say, and published it last year. But um, we are seeing an increase in church mergers across the country, but they're a different kind of merger than the 
failed mergers of the past. We mm-hmm. did research for this uh, topic, discovered that uh, pretty much the consensus of all the literature about church mergers in the past was that it was a failed strategy. There's never been a book written about church mergers. It's been articles, chapters of books, but never a book. And, uh, but we were seeing the mergers of the past were more survival-driven, more about how to preserve our past. And it did end up in failure, uh, like two drowning men grabbing on each other. They tended to sink together. But the new kind of mergers we're seeing were more mission-driven, and, uh, where uh, one church would join another church and over a, a desire to embrace the shared vision for the future. I believe at least one of your campuses was the result of the merger. Is that correct? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 did and, we merged. And we discovered that uh, we did a national survey of churches who had gone through mergers in preparation for our book. And one of the interesting things I always get this question: Well, how does a big church take over a little church? The reality is that our surveys told us that the vast majority of church mergers that we're talking about are seen mission-driven kind of mergers. Uh, were initiated not by the larger church, but by the smaller and usually struggling church. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't a takeover, it was could we join it? And, um, you know, there's 80% of the churches across the nation have plateaued, dead or dying. Uh, but there's 20% that are growing and flourishing and, and have a vibrant ministry and often in desperate need of space. That, that was a lot of your story there, it's Christian. And, uh, and yet, um, most of the churches around the country have space, facilities half empty or more empty, uh, in desperate need of a vibrant ministry. And there's just a great win-win there when two churches can kind of put aside their egos and logos and say, let's join together. We could be better together. Uh, we mm-hmm. can accomplish a greater, uh, we can accomplish our mission better together. And our communities would be better served by us being stronger and united. And the, but the multi-site model and multi-site strategy has been a major catalytic uh, uh, catalyzer in these new kinds of mergers. Um, I just uh, did an interview with Christianity Today, and they asked this question: uh, if, if the economic recession is bringing about a lot of foreclosures and closing churches, and it has, but uh, and, and and that mergers and it has done that, but. Um, um, this started before the recession happened, and um, not just about a financial uh, need, but it's more about could we be better together. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's interesting because, like, that is such a great concept because you do see churches, smaller churches, closing their doors, which break your heart because it, when a church closes its facility, it's opening it up to somebody else or something else coming in, and. As we, as we're all familiar with, when you travel in Europe, you see a lot of the old cathedrals that are just become now, you know, tourist attractions, and and, and so how do we? That it is a great, it's a win-win, and I know in our case it was, it was a smaller church saying, hey, we we would like to come alongside with you, and be better together, and just getting people to think that way, and like you said, put egos aside and and you know, mission things and go. Let let's join forces, and what could that look like? But navigating and having those conversations, and and that's where you're great at. You really, we have. I know as our church, we've tapped into your uh, sphere of in, of influence and expertise on this because you do need somebody that that understands the dynamics that's been there that to coach you. So if our listeners, somebody's a part of this, uh-huh. totally recommend. 
talking to you because it is there's so many dynamics and so many different layers to think about when it in going multi-site and in joining together because you're merging two DNAs a lot of times and just navigating yeah, this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We like to talk about um, multi-siding uh, uh, multi through birthing campuses, you know, launching them out from your ascending campus. And multi-siding through mergers uh, is, is similar to uh, giving birth uh, or adopting a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. both, both are challenging, but a merger uh, and adopting a 16-year-old can be more challenging. And, um, and so especially in the merger uh, conversations that, uh, that are occurring across the country, it's very helpful, and I would say usually necessary to have kind of a third-party uh, facilitator that will help navigate uh, those conversations that are very delicate uh, between two congregations. And so um, there's a lot of landmines to step on, and potholes to step into uh, in, in the merger conversation. And the um, helpful to have a third party, objective third party, who can kind of can say the hard things that need to be said to either party or the real things that need to be said. Sometimes I have to say, Lisa, to a, lunch, to a church that's in decline, um, you know, if you don't do this, you have enough, the other alternative uh, is to go out of business, shut down. You, you're going to go out of business. You can't sustain. That's often the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, many churches don't want to hear that or they live in denial. And the recession has kind of forced a lot of this uh, reality. Uh, to a lot of congregations that you know we don't we 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 have to do something differently or we're not going to make it. And sometimes it's hard for, for the larger healthy church to say that to another church. And so that's where someone like myself can say that more. I'm looking for the win-win for everybody. Uh, and sometimes uh, on the other side, I need to say to the larger healthier church, uh, you know, a lot of uh, humility and thoughtfulness about how difficult this is for. A church to change to give up their name and their facilities. Um, it's not an easy thing for them to do. Um, there's there's a grieving process. And and that it is helpful when you're talking about the third party coming in to to talk with both because it is it is difficult and those are difficult conversations and you need like that mediator a lot of times to come in and be able to mm -hmm. have those tough conversations that's hard for the two parties because you can be very emotionally you know you're not as objective because you're so emotionally engaged in the situation the two churches so having that third party which is you come in it is very helpful in and helping transition that change and helping people to see through a different lens the realities and we don't a lot of times like to look at realities we we want to think it's all going to be fine okay we have less than a minute jim and we so appreciate you taking your time and talking with us so just about the whole multi-site thing. And I know people can get on multi-solutions multi and find out more about what you're doing. Highly recommend um, having you come in and at least have the conversation if somebody's thinking about doing this. But in the few few moments, seconds we have left, what is one thing you would just, just on the, the thing of change, whether it's going multi-site or whatever, what is something you would tell people in transitioning and change and helping people see beyond? Well, I think the change always has to begin with a question in church work. You know, what's our mission? Why do we exist? What are we really trying to accomplish? What is God leading for our church? And if we can really get a sense of that, uh, then and, and get a sense that we will give an account one day of our stewardship, of our leadership of the church, of our time, and kind of get God's perspective, that kingdom perspective, 
makes a huge difference. Unfortunately, many churches are more concerned about uh, inward-focused uh, or old, old methodologies or power control. And uh, so change really begins with individuals, obviously, the leadership. Jim, we're going to have to take a break. Jim, th- thank you so much. Are, we appreciate that. We'll be right back with after the commercial break. Sounds great. Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Rising Up today, and we have Christy Porter and Angie Ivey, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. Christy loves her Rise Up Calling, which has a little bit to do with conferences, and this is great because she loves conferences, and that's what she spends her time doing, and that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, I believe her cumulative time at conferences could probably earn her another degree. Um, She loves having the opportunity to promote and market one every day. Uh, Christy is actually the event marketing director, which is a fancy way of saying she talks about the Orange Conference, she talks about the Orange Tour, and she talks about the Camp Kid Jam all day long. She really is orange. (laughs) She is so orange. Everything orange. And outside of the orange, though, she volunteers uh, for two abolitionist organizations as well as her church. And I'm going to give you some scoops on Angie. So Angie, um, well, if you talk to Angie for a little bit over 30 seconds, you can tell she is not a uh, Southern-born gal, which both of our moms are from the South. And believe it or not, I don't think we have too much of an accent, although you say some pretty weird words sometimes. (laughs) Well, you're quirky. Maybe not Southern, but quirky. (laughs) Um, But she grew up in Minnesota. And uh, the true Southern life has been a pretty big change for her. But after more than a decade in Atlanta, 
She's now saying her y'alls, and she does the sweet tea and the fried foods very well, and some of her southern hospitality is coming out. She's just uh, a natural with that. So we want to welcome y'all to the show. How are you today? Hey, thank you. Glad to be on. Well, this is going to be a party, I think. We have, you have two girlfriends on your end and two on our end. So I don't know. We're going to be talking over each other, which we're so okay with because we can talk and listen at the same time, but we'll have to contain it a little bit for our listeners because they might not be so great. But we're so excited to have you guys. And I know that I got to meet and spend some time with um, girlfriend time with Christy and Angie a couple years ago when we attended a, a Disney event together. And immediately, I love their heart for excellence and helping the local church ministries truly rise up. So, okay, guys, for our listeners who are not familiar with Orange, and we're going to be using that word a lot in this segment, can you give us some background <laughs> information about Orange and everything Orange? Sure. Well, we um, the the organization was founded um, back starting in 1995 with um, Reggie Joyner, and he um, was an integral part. He was the family pastor at um, North Point Community Church here in Atlanta with Andy Stanley, and so he was there working on family ministry. And in 1995, he started um, an organization called Family Wise. And um, by the end of the 90s, a couple other people had joined his team and um, start, kept going with the family-wise tradition. And then um, in 2001, uh, we, started, we did the first family-wise conference, which is now called the Orange Conference. And um, in 2003, the company changed from family-wise to the Rethink Group. And um, we do business as what we call orange. Well, so does that help a little bit? Yes. Um, my niece went to an orange conference, and we've had several um, friends yeah. that have gone there. But uh, okay. I, that's the first time I'd heard of the orange conference when she came back. And she was blown away. She just said there was just so – it was so creative, so interactive – and um, she she's a children's pastor, so she used quite a bit of just the philosophy and some of some of the neat things that she walked away with from the conference. But I have only heard over the top fabulous things about the Orange Conference. Well, and our family life minister went to it. And he said it's the best conference he's ever been to. So you guys are doing a fabulous job out there. So we give you like how many thumbs up? Which, by the way. <laughs> Lisa and I do conferences, so that's not always the best thing to hear. But when you're kingdom-minded, we're like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's the best <laughs> conference out there. <laughs> yes. So take the knife that's out. Awesome. It's the best conference out there. <laughs> well, okay. give us a little background here because I was curious, like, how did you get the name Orange? And there's a story behind that, which we love. We're always about the story and the significance behind a name. Yeah, the, um, the, I guess the simplest way to approach that is orange represents the blending of the heart of the family, which is red, and the light of the church, which is yellow. So we try to do a, a really good job about bridging the gap between the home and the church and making sure that parents are involved in that church services and Sunday class or however you conduct that at your church is not just a place where kids get dropped off to be babysat. Mm-hmm. And that is such a cool story because I was always curious, how do you get orange? And then, and then reading about that, it's like, okay, that totally makes sense. And 
And it, it is always really cool when people have another meaning behind how they are, you know, originated a name. Well, Katie, tell us a little bit the difference in Orange and the Rethink Group. The Rethink Group is the umbrella company. It, it kind of encompasses multiple things, including the Orange Conference, the Orange Tour, Camp Kid Jam, um, our curriculum, married people. It's, so it's the large umbrella company. Orange is sort of what we do business as. It's, it's our public space. What What is one takeaway that as you're, uh, the attendees that are coming to some of these conferences, what is um, like an interactive activity that you hear so many people talking about? Because I even remember the orange balls that my niece was, um, she just thought that was amazing. What's something else that people walk away with talking about? You know, the thing I, I think I like best about our conference, and as you uh, read in my bio, I attend quite a few of them. Um, is that the whole team can come and just have fun together. So it's a way to get everybody on the same page. It can be used as a team building experience. And it's just a really fun time to get away and be out of the office. And um, so a lot of other conferences, they're awesome and I love them, but they're, they may be really specialized, which is great and what some people need from time to time. And then you have ones that are just focused on the area of leadership or empowerment or worship leaders or that kind of thing. But ours kind of hits everybody. and. From us, of course, that makes planning a little more challenging. But on the onset, we have the ability to let a whole team come together, hear specifically what they need, hear what they need as a church, what they need as a team, what they need as a strategy to take back to their parents. So they can all go home with the same language and, you know, get out of, unfortunately, some of those church silos that develop from time to time. That is the truth. And, you know, talking about team building, why do you think team building is so important um, with church staff? So many times when you're doing ministry, you get so caught up on, uh, you know, you're, you're overworked. There's so many things to, to, that just demand your time. And when you take that pause, why is team building the one thing that you think you should pause and make sure you get that in, into your team? We put a lot of stress on fun, um, and so for us, I think team building is just a way. If you can't have fun with people, then if they're the people you spend the most hours of your week with, then there's a disconnect between just my job, and especially in church world, it's not just a job. It's part of your lifestyle. It's part of who you are. It's part of who your family is. So if you can't have fun with the people that you're around all the time, then you're just not getting the full experience there. So we put a lot of fun on, I mean, it is a... Fire hose of information, certainly being at the conference for three days, but we also just want to make sure that teams go home having a lot of, you know, moments that they've Instagrammed and tweeted and just really got together with and they know these people that they spend their days with and on a much more personal level. And we so resonate with that, with the fun, because if you can't, fun is such a key ingredient. And a lot of times people look at it as very frivolous and it's like, okay, you're not getting serious about your work, but fun is a very serious thing <laughs> we have discovered. And, and you've got to, it joins people and, and it's, it's contagious because if you're having fun as a team and as ministry leaders, then, then the kids or whoever you're ministering to will, well, it'll ooze into them and they mm -hmm. will connect and have fun. And it just creates that synergy and that aliveness within ministry. And I don't know, the church should be an alive place and our ministry should be alive. Well, it, it goes back to Jesus came for us to have that abundant life, to have that, that joy-filled life. And I know even when Lisa and I, we're actually going to do a conference this weekend. And sometimes you get 
a, a little bit stressed out because you're making sure everything lines up. And there'll be times when you'll say something or I will say something and we have that, just that eye contact where we start giggling and it releases <laughs> so much stress. I mean, literally, where it's this bond over and beyond and you're like, okay, if I have you here at my side, then I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you, yeah. when you say that people go, oh, but you have Jesus. And it's like, yes, I have Jesus, but I also have this incredible gift of a, of a ministry partner that Jesus gave me to have fun with and, right. and to make things better. So it, it, it is an intimate time when you can laugh together. So we, we have like two minutes and we're going to take a break. Do you guys, does a fun start with you guys behind the scenes? Do you guys have fun at work? What does that look like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a very, people love visiting our office. It's a very atypical experience. If you walk in, it sort of looks like you're walking into someone's living room. So it kind of creates that as well. I mean, you have to get along with people because you're probably sitting on the couch with them at some point. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of laughter. There's The doors we do have are pretty thin. So when meetings get a little rowdy, that could be a problem, which is sort of Mondays. But, yeah, it's, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of fun, a lot of jabbing at each other and figuring out how to get the best out of each other. And, um, yeah, if you've ever attended any of our events or anything like that, we really do kind of poke fun at each other. And that, that definitely helps get you through the long days. <laughs> Absolutely. We call that mocking. And we say that, that, <laughs> you, that it's the mocking power to, to, and, and it starts, like you said, with creating those environments behind the scenes that are, that are playful and fun and give people permission to just be who they are. And, and it, it allows the creative juices to flow and, and you're not so yeah. stagnated and stuck. And I, I just remember being with you guys. That's one reason you guys were fun. You, you exude that fun, which I can only imagine transfers over into the conferences and if you, if you guys are creating those teams and then you're empowering as churches come in because so many people go to conferences because they're drained and they need that, yeah. that um, boost to go and that permission to go. It's okay to go have fun in your ministry. It's okay to incorporate this. And, in. and sometimes that's all it takes is people to, to get a vision and to see other people having fun to go, all right, I guess I can do that too. So you're giving so many benefits and gifts besides the significant portion of the conference, which we'll talk about when we come back from our break. The significant, you know, you have significant speakers that are giving that 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 part, the heart of it, but it's combined with the fun, which is a winning combination. Well, the Orange Tour is coming. It could be coming to a city near you. You can experience it in one of 12 cities this fall to discuss playing for keeps. And the, go to orangetour.org to learn more information about it. And we're talking today with Christy and Angie, two dynamic girlfriends that we can just tell are having fun. It's even in their voice as it, as it comes across the, the airwaves. So <laughs> we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come right back, we're going to continue talking about Orange, continue talking about fun and play and leadership and how significant all that is when you combine that. So don't go too far. Grab a cup of coffee. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. 
My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back today. We are rising up. According to Lisa, we're just getting out of bed. <laughs> We've gone beyond the getting up. Overachiever that she is. And we are back with Christy Porter and Angie Ivy. And we are discussing Orange. It is a division of the Rethink Group and some incredible conferences that uh, thinkorange.com if you want more information. But we have to say, Christy and Angie, you were talking about all the fun factor that you bring into this conference. And I know one of the things that Lisa and I have definitely talked about and we've strategized because you can get some phenomenal speakers and just over-the-top content and information. But if you bring people into a stadium or into a small room, mm -hmm. if, if you are not um, having that fun factor and they are not connecting, it doesn't really seem to matter what the content is. They definitely want to connect. So you, you are speaking our lingo. And what are some other things that you guys do to connect and, and to bring this, this factor into, like we said, the arena all the way down to a small room? Because a lot of our audience, they, they are dying for these more than just an icebreaker idea. Well, I think some of the fun, you know, some outside of the box, you know, non-typical things that we do. I mean, we just try to make it a really fun, colorful environment. And so, thankfully, our color orange, we can plug into a lot of areas and make it really bright and crazy. And um, so I think that uh, we tend to have some really unique um, exhibitors and sponsors that are part of our conference that are kind of um, different from a lot of other conferences. And then also we do networking events on one of the evenings of the conference that um, is kind of age specific. So towards like we have one for the children's um, leaders, we have one for the preschool leaders, one for the student leaders, and one for senior, um, all of our senior leadership. And so um, it's really neat to see those environments and we kind of let um, our team leads here with Orange kind of take a hold of those um, networking events and make them their own and just do some fun, crazy things to make people enjoy each other, um, more team building, um, getting to know leaders from other churches, 
Um, and they usually do just some kooky things, um, you know, crazy dancing and loud music, and they do some skits and games and fun prizes. And it's just kind of a way for people to let loose and just get out of their seat for a couple hours and just hang out with one another and really try and um, feed into one another and help other churches um, with difficulties that they're having or, you know, give them some great fresh new ideas to get their ministry fired up and stuff like that. So I think those are some fun, that's a really fun night. Um, and we also do our lunch, our lunch time is actually really fun. We have the last couple of years, we've actually gotten um, a bunch of food trucks to come out. And um, I'm not sure if food trucks are very big in Texas or not, but they're huge here in Atlanta, they're booming. And so um, it's just kind of fun. They all have different types of food that they can go get from the vendors and everyone's just hanging out on the lawn and connecting with one another. And it's really neat. Well, food trucks are huge here in Arizona. And we just did the leader, hosted the Leadership Summit Conference. And for lunch, we had all the food trucks come in, which it is so fun. It's, it's quite the hit, quite the rage now where people can create communities. Well, I know in Andy Stanley's book, Deep and Wide, he talks about creating those irresistible environments. And that sounds exactly what you guys are doing. You create those irresistible that from visuals to the, to the sights, the sounds, it truly engages all the senses. Um, okay, I, I don't know if this is too vague of a question, but you know, if someone's working with, you know, I know, you, I'm setting it up already, right? Um, <laughs> some You're trends. preparing us, aren't you? I know, exactly. Um, what are some trends that you guys are seeing in, in children's ministry or preschool or whatever that, that is coming down that people need to be aware of because it is easy to get stuck in ruts or to, to not change your methodology. And it sounds like you guys really are on the front edge of helping churches see the next thing or to, to help them go forward and, and to stay relevant. What are some things you guys are seeing in this area of ministry? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Definitely. I think <laughs> you didn't scare us off too much, don't worry. <laughs> I think for us, last year and going into this year and moving forward, the idea of Lead Small, um, which for us is just a fun way of seeing small group leaders, we, we think big by leading small. And so we talk about just the influence that those leaders have in the weeks with the children, how that ties to the parents and how the parents should be involved with their kids' small group leaders. Um, whether that's, we talk about them from preschool through high school. So the fact that that's another way to tie the home and the church together and to have just those influences um, in a child's life that are out, adults outside of their parents, but help them to see not only just their faith and how to live that out, but just how to handle day-to-day -day situations, whether it be happy or sad or anything in between, and just let them know other adults um, out there that aren't related to them care deeply about them. And so Lead Small has been a huge thing for us, and that's what we're talking about um, mostly on tour. Reggie has a new book called Playing for Keeps that that's directed at, um, and that will continue to be a big focus for us. And we feel that that's kind of where churches should re really be putting a lot of their energy into, just to let these kids know that there are other caring adults out there. Well, that was a great tip. That was a great thing to know because churches, so many of them are in, in communities and they feel isolated, not really sure what to do. And so this is a great way to, to let them know that there is this incredible conference to go to it for, for, for family ministries. Um, what else are you seeing that maybe that you would challenge churches with some things that you're seeing that they're doing to help them, you know, create some shifts in ministry to have more effective ministry? 
Um, I think just churches working together. Some of our most successful, Angie talked a lot about the networking that we do at conference, and we try to set those up a little bit on tour as well. But, you know, it's great for us to sit there and talk about it, but for churches to hear from other churches, I think is really powerful. And the stories that we hear about churches pulling together and working together in their community um, <clears throat> actually are often a tour host. Excuse me. Um, his church is part of, I believe it's about 100 churches in Austin that are kind of like working through some stuff together just to kind of change the face of the community there. So I think that's incredibly powerful that when we see the church acting as the church and being the church and not just a church. Mm -hmm. Well, we are going to switch gears and get personal here now with you guys because we're talking about... Now they're frightened. Yeah. <laughs> Be very frightened. <laughs> <laughs> how we're talking about rising up today and so many times as we have ministry leaders and and just um women that are um trying to truly let their light shine even in a corporate world how do you daily and, and lisa doesn't like the question daily because then it, that really puts it down to okay that's a specific thing but how do you rise up and truly live to your full potential. So if you want to remove the daily, you can just give a generic answer or you can say, what is like a tip that we can walk away with and know this is how I can rise well, up daily. We learn best from each other. And just hearing you guys are two dynamic leaders that are on the front line making life happen and making ministry happen. Speaking into other women that are listening, how do you personally do that? And you can take away daily or you can use daily. I'm okay with either one. <laughs> Um, for me, I think there's two big things. One of those is uh, knowing what your spiritual gifts are. That's a huge just personal thing for me and kind of my friend circle. And I feel like if you don't know what those are and you haven't really explored that, I mean, when you're working your spiritual gifts, that's the Holy Spirit working through you. So the fact that that's just something that automatically feeds you. And I, I think that too many people, we talk about it in the church, but I think people don't know enough specific gifts are and those change you know through your life stages and things so I think knowing what those are and being able to feed those is incredibly just empowering as a person and to know that that's the Holy Spirit working in you which is why it feels so great um, and then the other thing is with a name like rethink in your organization then you kind of don't stand still and you're moving forward and you're always thinking about what's next and what's happening so I think just really being able to give up control in a lot of ways and this was mm -hmm. a, a something I'd learned a lot about several years before joining Orange even. And just, I think when you're able to give up control and really let God do his thing, your life just becomes more of an adventure. And I can tell you for sure, there's no way I would have guessed I would be here now doing anything that I'm doing both personally and professionally. But the fact that I was just open to it and letting God work really opened up all these different facets of my life that I had no idea were coming. And I think that's a lot of fun. That is true. Yeah, and I think. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You know, I got to tell you, you guys are kind of like us. It's hard to tell your voices apart, so you sound as one. That's what people tell about us. So, continue talking. <laughs> well, I was just going to say to kind of piggyback off of Christy is that definitely what I find unique about. I came from a um, my job before here was very corporate minded, and so moving into an environment that is. Um, focused on um, him first and foremost, and um, just the people that you surround yourself with. I feel like just surrounding myself on a daily basis with people that are pouring into me and 
and that I can pour into. And then also, like Christy said, the strengths, um, just working on your spiritual strengths has been huge. I mean, when I first got hired with Orange, it wasn't the typical process. I mean, there was no resume involved. There was none of that. It was basically they had lunch with you a couple of times. They wanted to kind of get the feel for, you know, who you were and, you know, where you, your goals in life. And they basically gave you a strength finder test and you did that test. And then they plugged you in where they felt was a good fit for you. So it's a very unique environment. And I guess just to be in that every day um, is just a really rewarding experience. And I guess it's very fulfilling. Well, and when you, uh, when you feel it personally, it, it, goes out, you know, professionally. So it's like when you guys behind the scenes are so getting it and feeling it and you're rising up personally because as a result of the, of the system, so to speak, then that, that projects out and, and churches is, is contagious. So we yeah. have, we have less than two minutes. You guys obviously model healthy relationships there because it's oozing out. You can just hear it in your voices. That is such a struggle with, with ministries. How would you address in less than two minutes how you guys navigate through and have the and maintain and help protect those healthy relationships, even the working relationships behind the scenes there? Well, I think one of the big things that Reggie always stresses, and he probably brings this up almost every week in our staff meeting, is that it is a good thing to have some healthy tension within your environment. And if you don't have that healthy tension, um, you know, you're not going to grow. And so he really is a big advocate of that. Um, and just having those, you know, healthy conversations and really um, pushing each other um, to look beyond um, what you maybe originally thought or to branch out into new ideas. And that's what Reggie's vision is so beautiful that it's really a lot of it's just outside of the box and it's so forward thinking. And a lot of times we have trouble catching up to him because it's so <laughs> forward thinking. But um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things with our environment is the healthy tension. Yeah. Well, it also talks a lot about, sorry. Girls, we're going to have to end on that. Our time is too okay. short. You have been delightful to play with. Let's do this again. And we just want to encourage okay. all of us to go check out the Orange Conference and find out more and, and, and have fun. And the time to rise is now. So what does that look like for each one of us? Go and live your day and enjoy. And thanks again, Christy and Angie. We'll be right back.